Hi, how are you? Um, welcome to another episode of Roaring Twenties, a podcast where we hang out, spill the tea, and, I, oh. and chat about life, all while being 20 in the 20s, honey. I'm your host, Nick. My pronouns are they, them. And bitch, did you see this motherfucking debate last night? <laughs> Ciao. I mean, Ciao is motherfucking right. Like, okay, so... In this episode, I'm going to begin to the headlines, Andy. These are just some, some things I want to talk about to get off my chest as a Black, queer, trans person living quarantined in my apartment in New York City, um, living life. I just recently deleted social media off of my phone, except for, I guess, Snapchat, because I have one friend on there who, like, that's our only form of communication other than like texting. Plus I like really love her kid. So I'm like a little Snapchat won't help uh, her. But everything else is good, 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 gone. And I feel pretty level-headed. I will say I, I've like, anytime I need to go on social media, like after this debate, I, I just, um, I like gathered my thoughts because I fully wrote an outline as it was happening. And I was just like, I was just like, chow, 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 chow. like <laughs> um, but yeah. So anytime I need to go on social media, like last night after the debate, I went on my computer. So I'm doing that. Um, but any pictures I post, I will do it from my handy dandy laptop, not my phone. Um, and yeah, and it feels good. It just feels right. Like I want to live like Oh five. You remember like back in the day when you, you used to just like wake up and then like take your time getting up. Right. And then like, you like what go downstairs you say like hello to your family members or you're like your dog whatever man honestly a cat sorry not dog and <laughs> you like take a look around and then you're like what am I gonna have for breakfast and then you're like "Ooh, I'm gonna make breakfast right it's like a Saturday and you're like I'm gonna make fucking waffles I'm gonna make waffles and some orange juice, and I come from hunting stock, so we have to have some venison sausage in there. Although these days I am eating more vegan, but it's oh five. Okay, so picture it: you're making breakfast, waffles, <laughs> and you're like, "Ooh, I think I'm gonna watch some cartoons, right?" Or like maybe maybe you're a news kind of gal. I mean, I wake up every day at six, so. The news is definitely something I would watch. But in 05, I actually was fucking with the cartoons. I'm talking Little Mermaid. I'm talking Lilo and Stitch. Um, I'm talking Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. I'm also talking Courage the Cowardly Dog. Ugh. Yes, we're there. We're there. Saturday morning. And not once do you ever think 
oh, I need to look at my phone to update my feed or, oh, I want to see how many likes my last picture just got or, oh, I want to see if or how many texts I've gotten. Like none of, like, none of that. Like just a steady stream of consciousness. Consciousness. <laughs> and, and it just, getting back to that just feels really nice. <laughs> okay. The time has come. Let's get into this motherfucking debate, all right? This is the first headline hand me. Let's get into it. Okay, first and foremost, I want to say the last thing I want to do in 2020 is watch two chappy-ass white niggas on stage talk about themselves <laughs> but this is pop culture this is history this is important this is a current event and so I was like I need to show up I need to be here and plus I wanted to see what was gonna happen um so first off I studied debate in middle school and was very good at it and this was not a debate a debate is here's the facts I'm asking you a question, and you a question, you gonna tell me what you gotta say, you gonna tell me what you gotta say, oh, you said something about them, you get a chance to rebut, oh, you said something about them, you get a chance to rebut, okay, what do y'all think? All right, we'll move on to the next thing. It's like, that's how it's supposed to go. And all of this was just straight opinion mudslinging. Like, this was like, not presidential in the slightest. Like, so... We have an incumbent president, right? A president who's looking at another four years. And going into the first debate, like I remember when Obama was going up for re-election and I was in middle school and it was very like, this is what I've done for the past four years. Let me tell you what I have planned for the next four years. And if you, and if, and if you rock with me, I'll, let's see this through. Like, like what's your plan for the future, right? So going into this, Donald Trump... His, his like you would like his base goal base objective is to tell us what he's done for the for us in the past 3 years and try to get us to keep him for another 4 right you're supposed to tell us all the good things you've done and lay out a plan for the future so that we can be hopeful and rock with you. This nigga said absolutely fucking nothing. I mean, look at where we are right now. We're currently in a pandemic with little to no help, especially in POC communities. Protests happening everywhere in every city. There's fucking Californians on fire. There's hurricanes down south. Um, what's happening in, oh my gosh, what was happening? There's some shit going on in the, in, um, in the middle Kansas where all that is, our Kansas. Um, <laughs> but like so, and like, look at what's to come. Like we haven't even seen, like climate change is a problem. So, so we have climate change as a problem. COVID is a problem. 
um, we have civil unrest. Um, systematic racism is coming to a head right now. And this nigga told us nothing about healthcare. When asked about Black Lives Matter and if you're down for the cause and can you at least acknowledge that there is um, systematic racism, let me go to my notes here because what did this, what did this fool say? Okay, so the question was, why should America trust you instead of your opponent to tackle race in the next four years, right? So Joe goes, Donald Trump wants to divide us. He doesn't, but I, but I made note that he doesn't say what he's going to do. Like, they, like ne- neither, is, neither of these niggas answered any of these questions. And that's what's so frustrating because it's like, what needs to happen right now is you need to talk about COVID and you need to talk about Black Lives Matter because we're not going anywhere until those are addressed. And nothing is going to get better until those things are addressed. So Joe was just like, Donald Trump wants to divide us. And then... Donald Trump was just like, he, first of all, he kept calling us, he kept calling like the Black Lives Matter movement, he kept calling us them, like calling black people them. I was like, what the fuck? He goes, the people of America want law and order. The people of America, who are you referring to when you say people of America? And what is law and order? He kept going on like, like now mind you, he, the, the question is, why should we choose you over your opponent to adequately handle race? And so, Joe didn't give an answer, but he was like, Donald Trump wants to divide us. Donald Trump was like, law and order, I'm a double down on it. And he was like, if they let me take care of it, we could have those fires put out in 30 minutes and shit. And I was like, what do you mean those fires? You're literally talking about black people. Like, you're literally talking about all these minorities. You're talking about literally extinguishing them in a question that's about how you're going to help us do better on race. Like, it's just so, it was just so infuriate. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch. And then we got on the question that everyone's talking about. He goes, uh, Chris Wallace, Christopher Wallace, he goes, the moderator, who God bless him because, oh my goodness, he had to raise his voice. Like, that is, a moderator should never, like, the moderator has all the power. Like, when you go into a debate, the moderator has the power because the person holds they speak for the people. And so when you speak over the moderator, hmm. so the question was flat out, will you acknowledge that white supremacists are bad and they need to quote, stand, stand down? down. And, and I was like, yes, this is a good question. Can you on like, even though he never looked at the camera, he never looked at the American people. He always looked at Joe. He flat out, was asked, can you tell white supremacists to stand down and acknowledge that they are a terrorist group and that they are bad? And this nigga couldn't even say that. He goes, oh, I don't think they're a problem. I think the left is a problem. No, 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 no. You don't think they're a problem? You don't think they're a problem because you're a figurehead for them, nigga, whether you're directly involved or not. And it's it, uh, it's just so disgusting. Like this debate was not presidential. If you're under, if you're an undecided voter, 
which I looked at the news and they were talking about how um, a lot of undecided voters are looking more towards Joe's way, which is good. But I was just like, like, like they, you don't give a fuck about the American people. Nigga, out, people are out here, like trapped in their homes. I have been quarantined in my home since March 13th because these niggas out here don't know how to get it together. Period. Like, this is ridiculous. And when, when it comes time to finally address the problems and the questions that we have and you ignore them or you talk about your opponent, like, all that other fluff, all the other shit doesn't matter. We don't care about Joe, uh, about, um, Joe Biden's son. We don't, care about, about, we don't care about that. What are you going to do for us? Period. And um, both of them were asked if the election, if the, if the results of the election aren't what you think they are, like, if you don't win, basically, will you accept that? And Joe goes, you know, if I win, I will accept it. If I lose, I will also accept it. And Trump goes, sure. But the minute I see voter fraud, all bets are off. And I'm like, what do you mean, what do you mean the minute you see voter fraud? So, so, basically, so, so basically he's saying whenever... The, the minute it doesn't start to go my way, I'm done playing your game. Like a motherfucking child, pompous ass nigga. This debate was so fucking frustrating. But it was important to, it was important for, for everyone across America to see because I mean, he's not doing anything. Like literally was asked about healthcare, was like, Chris was like, so, so you, okay, so you, you don't fuck with Joe, Joe's plan, right? But what, in the next four years, what are you going to do? Like, you said you're going to get rid of Obamacare. You always talk about getting rid of Obamacare. But in these last three years, you have not introduced any health care. He goes, that's not true. I refined one part of Obamacare. Okay, great. But like, what are you going to do, nigga? Like, 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 like it's just uh, the deflection. It's just so frustrating because I see it. I see it all. Like, and, and like, I, like, I get it. Like, again, I studied debate. I understand tactic. I understand strategy. I understand the, 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 like, the positive benefits that can come out of undermining your, 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 um, your opponent. I can understand, but like, but like, this isn't even strategy. This is just spouting off at the mouth in, a t- in an attempt to be the loudest and one. And I think, and I think for the future, I think they need to have a black person moderator. I don't know who the commission, the commission of um, presidential debates is, but they need to have a black moderator, period. And I also think they need to have fact checkers because live fact checkers, checkers because i was watching on youtube and nbc had it in the chat um a couple fact checks like as they were coming they couldn't even keep up with the amount um but they need to have like they need to have fact checkers that are live they need to have muting of the microphones because because this is unacceptable both parties agreed to allow each person to talk for two minutes uninterrupted and he couldn't even let the moderator speak like that's just flat out not cool and when you don't have fact check like live fact checkers these debates just become about let let me say whatever i need to say it doesn't really matter because it's going to permeate like what's happening live if if they if, if 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 the onus is on both of joe and donald to ethically say everything that's true then there's going to be so much misinformation spread which is what Donald Trump wants. 
And, you know, Donald Trump, all he, wa- all he wanted to do was to put doubt in people's minds about Joe. And all Joe needed to do was allow Donald Trump to be Donald Trump, honestly. And I d- it does suck sometimes. Joe did kind of stoop to his level. And I'm like, nigga, d- like, don't. Like, just, but, I, but, I, but I know, like, as a human, it just, get, it just gets to you because you're like, this isn't right, nigga. Ugh. But, but, um, but yeah, so stay tuned because I'm, I'm going to keep up with this. As a Black queer person, it's very important to understand what's going on in politics and to understand what is, um, you know, what these people are talking about. Because for so long, I didn't understand. I mean, I, I, I like, I understood like the logistics of it, but it, like this is like nothing bef- like nothing we've ever seen before and next week we have Kamala and we have uh, Kamala versus Mike Pence and that's gonna be very interesting because she is very good at prosecuting very good at um at debates and I've never even seen or heard Mike Pence I've literally only like it'll be interesting to see so stay tuned for that I need a motherfucking drink after this because oof let me tell you, th- like this, this presidential debate was awful. No one came out as a winner, but I look forward to the next two because those would be town hall style. So if he acts his way with the American people, <laughs> what is up, y'all? So I know I just said, <laughs> so what happened was, so I know I had said I got off social media, but I'm coming back on social media again. So just for this podcast, I want to have a place where I can communicate with y'all. We can kiki. Y'all can let me know what y'all um, are doing. You know, I'm going to do, I want to try and do like a little question every time I do like these headline type of podcasts um, or maybe even every podcast. Let me know. But this week, I want to ask, did y'all watch the debate? Let me know. I'm, I want to know, like, if you're in America, did you watch it? If you're not in America, were you like, oof, girl, what is going on over there? Let me know at my new Insta for the podcast at Ruin20spot. So let me know. Add me on Instagram, and y'all, don't forget to leave me a review. I am now on Podchaser, so you can actually type your reviews, and you can give me, like, reviews there. Um, And let me know, like, what you think of the podcast. Um, Thank y'all so much, and check me out. I want to talk with y'all. Let's get it popping. I'm going to see you over there at the gram, okay? All right. Love y'all. Peace. side note i got my hair braided um it's like i have like box braids down to my ass and (laughs) half of them are purple pink black silver and the other half is black silver blue light blue it's like a whole thing um you can see it on my instagram at it's nick i guess even though i don't have instagram anymore but you can oh my gosh (laughs) 
but um yeah check me out on instagram um but i was saying so i went so this whole concoction is very beautiful but whenever i went to go get it braided the lady looked at me like like you're giving me a headache and I, i i got there i was like the second one there and she starts to braid it right and like she just like comes over and whispers into my like lowers her mask in a pandemic mind you and she whispers she goes <laughs> so she said it one time and a car drove by and I heard her but I wanted her to say it again so she goes are you gay and the car drives uh, the car drives by it was like yeah are you gay and I was like huh and she was like are you gay and I was like no <laughs> She was like, are you gay? Um, no. Oh. And I was like, what? Um, ciao. Anyway, so. And like after, after that, she didn't, she said maybe like one thing to me, but like for the rest of like braiding my hair she said nothing and i can only imagine what was going through her mind because i know in her mind she was like this nigga gay um but no that always surprises people i'm like yeah don't assume love don't assume you don't know me you know my name not my story (laughs) um okay so the second headline is the social dilemma if you haven't heard of this it is a documentary on netflix it is really really good and it goes into um our relationship with social media and the effect it has on the planet so i really loved watching this documentary because i felt like very seen by it um sometimes i would talk to friends especially like um, my professor just about like this kind of weird like progression we had as a society where like everything online became took precedent over like real life And I noticed how, like, my own addiction to social media, um, like, just went up, like, from freshman year in high school. Like, actually, no, from the beginning, like, so Facebook was introduced when I was in middle school, like, sixth grade in 2010, 2011, which is actually where the documentary starts, which I think is so cool. And I, and I, I lived it. I remember, like, Facebook in sixth grade. I remember Instagram coming out in eighth grade. I remember um, Snapchat in ninth grade. And I I saw like the effect, like I remember like people like beginning to get frustrated with me on things that like happened online or like in social media or like over text and stuff. And I was like, girl, like, (laughs) and and so it, it basically lays out and it talks about like how all these things were good tools that just kind of like, spiraled out of control you know um and they had previous ceos they had um uh the creators of these addictive things um like such as like the notification um the notifications and like the like button and the 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 bubble that pops up in iMessage like things like that that became part of our daily life they had people that created those things that became addictive and they had them in the documentary and they talked about how they use psychology um they all take a psychology course um all these um people in like networking everyone in silicon valley um and they basically 
use psychology to they use psychology and technology together to basically enrich our lives, enhance our lives, etc. But obviously that gets out of control when you have people who can't communicate and you have increased anxiety levels and increased depression and suicide. And you have so many just like negative things coming out of social media that weren't intended for it. You know, every other week, fucking Zuckerberg is up in Capitol talking about something else that Facebook has done. Like it's like they had so many people just kind of breaking it down. And I thought it was really, really good. Um, so Tristan Harris was kind of the the um, pilot of this. I think I'm getting that right. I hope that's correct. Tristan Harris, um, and he's like part of the Center for the Humane Technology. Um, they like kind of started this initiative to kind of get us to where we can have an ethical relationship with technology. And I always felt like I, okay, so I always said this. I always felt like whenever we created social media and shit that we had, like we created the the car. I think I heard this somewhere. Okay, I think I heard this somewhere, but I, I feel this, I, I share the same sentiment that with social media, it feels like we created the car, but not the seatbelt, you know? And like when you create these things, like you don't really have the control over the magnitude of them, but it's really, really good. And it talks about like, some 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 ways that we can get out of those bad habits because some of the things they talk about in the documentary are um how elections can be influenced they talked about how you know we we had so much media and attention around the 2016 election and was it hacked and and you know russian hackers and all this and they didn't find evidence and they did find evidence and and they basically broke it down and they were saying how like these tools have gotten so bad that, you know, they didn't hack the election. They didn't hack these things to change these things. They used the, they used what was there. They used the tools. Simple, simple as that, you know, um, any group can pay a certain amount of money to Facebook and put ads on Facebook and suddenly you're influencing elections, you're influencing this, et cetera. Like all those things are so easy to do. Um, and it's like, that's what I mean. Like, in the sense that we created the carbon, not the seatbelt, because like that very well should be illegal, but how do you write, there just needs to be like laws and shit around it. So that way we can protect our democracy, you know? And it was a really, really good documentary. Everyone, please check it out. Um, on their website, they have an, an article that I want to highlight because it's really good. Um, it's called Take Control. I'm going to put it in the show notes. And they talk about some ways you can start to, um, if you notice like you have an addiction to social media, first of all, they talk about get off social media. Everyone in the documentary, um, when, when asked, you know, would they do, they, do they allow their children to have phones? Do they allow their children to have social media? All of them said no. The people who created these things don't even allow their family and their children to use it. And that's why I think, and that's why I'm like, wow. And, and they were like, they were like, what do you think is like, a reasonable age for for kids and people to get involved in social media and they they were like 16 and i was like wow because this shit was live when i was like 11 12 in the article they have like different things you can um do to kind of help with your addiction some of those things include like text shortcuts, turn off all your notifications, which I did, and that helped so much. Go grayscale. I didn't realize that um, 
I know where certain things are on my home screen because of the color. And like when I went grayscale, I was like, ooh, where is that? <laughs> which I thought that was very interesting. Um, launch apps by typing, which I think this is easier now that iOS has widgets, uh, which Android been had. <laughs> but it's really good because I don't have any like apps on my home screen because I, I realized that like I would mindlessly go into, I would just like go into my phone and like look at it and like lock it. Or like I would just like pick up my phone and like look at it, look at my email or like look at a text, like look at my text or like look at Twitter, even though I just looked at it, you know, like just like different stuff like that. And it helps with all that. And like, I've done this and I've done it for the past month. It has helped my life tremendously. And another thing they talk about is not having your phone in bed, not having your phone charging by your bed. So you're not um, tempted to pick it up right when you first wake up, um, put it outside the bedroom. Don't have, don't have your phone for 30 minutes before bed. All like all these things. I was like, wow, we have, and, and, and then like, when you think about it, it's like, these aren't things that we had to think about before. Niggas was just going to bed. Niggas was reading a book before bed. Niggas was brushing their teeth, like fully reading a, a book to their child. And now like people are like on social media 24 seven, you know? And I'm like, which like, I don't think is a problem. That is a, well, being on social media 24 seven is a problem. But I think like having these restrictions and like having these things put in place, I think are good because it sets boundaries that don't get us addicted and they don't keep us from doing the things we love to do. So check out The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's really, really good. And check out, um, if you really like are interested and like want to know more about this, they have a podcast as well called The Social Dilemma. Um, which they go in more in depth about these things. And it's really, really good. Check that out. And yeah, honey, that's uh, the social dilemma. <laughs> Next. Okay, shout out to motherfuckers and they are getting that Oscar. She's the same age as me, out here representing for Gen Z. We taking back the culture. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying? We uh, we reshaping shit. Um, she did that. That was really amazing. And Euphoria is really, really good. I cannot wait for season two. I'm trying to check it out. I really love um, so much. Oh, the makeup, the representation, the trans people. The people of color. I love Zendaya's character development. That was really, really good. Her emotional uh, commitment was really, really good. Love it. Love Zendaya. Um, okay, so Beyonce's Lemonade was named Album of the Decade um, by AP Associated Press. I believe so. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> um, but uh, recently... Lemonade was named 32 on Rolling Stone's best albums of all time, which like, hell fucking yeah. And, I, and like, Lemonade is like Beyonce's most awarded album, her least selling record, um, but so influential. I remember it came out and everyone was like, oh my God. Beyonce's black! Ew! Like, I remember... <laughs> Which, like, what was that? That was fully, like, a scary movie screen. <laughs> um, Lemonade was just so, so, so good. I mean, to be so real with us in a whole completely new way and to let us in 
to introduce so many people, especially like me, Black queer people to Black art and cinematography and fashions and, and just like to connect with these people and see them on social media, like Lemonade did that and it's still doing that and it will do that forever when they write it in new history books, period. <laughs> um, we fuck with Lemonade, stream Lemonade right now. Matter of fact, go ahead, go ahead and make you a glass Lemonade right now. She tells you the recipe. Go ahead and make you a glass Lemonade, sit down, <laughs> turn your phone off and dial in to Lemonade because 32 of all time, baby. <laughs> I got plants. I keep getting plants every day. I wake up every day. I wake and bake and I think, should I go to Ikea and get plants? <laughs> Surely I do. Um, and that's, what's been bringing me joy. Let me tell you, you got to take it day by day and never has my life ever been this slow. So I'm taking it. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to have this opportunity. So I'm taking this time for me and I'm reevaluating my skincare and reevaluating everything I wear because all this, all this butch clothing got to go, baby. I got a pair of Jeffrey Campbell shoes in the wrong size that I have to <laughs> return and purchase again. But we're doing a whole reformation over here. Um, but I got plants and I really love them. One of them just died. Rest in peace to Roger. Roger. Yeah, rest in peace to Roger. Roger was my pepperomia. Um, I accidentally burned that bitch. I put some plant food in there, but I guess I put too much and oof. Um, <laughs> but it's okay because my spider plant is thriving. My my palm tree, um, Madge, she's thriving. My both my um, um, bromeliads, my, uh, shooting up, sh sh shooting up, <laughs> and um, my my other spider plant. Like I had to propagate them because oof, it was starting to die. But we out here. We do. We making plants. Oh, and I have a golden pothos, which I love very much. I love very much my pothos golden. I have it high so my cats can't reach it. Um, and I wanna get another one, but I love plants. And sometimes you just gotta do, not sometimes, all the time. You just gotta do what's good for you, period. You know, we're living in like such weird post-apocalyptic times. And I find that like, you got it like, just take it day by day because truly that's what I do. I didn't even know today was Wednesday. Did you know today was Wednesday? I didn't know today was Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Like all my, all my podcasts were shooting up on my uh, phone and I was like, but it's Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? I don't know. Also, I have new roomies moving in. I've been living in this apartment by myself for the past month. And let me tell you, I love being alone. Do not love being lonely, but I love being alone. And 
I didn't realize how much I love having my own space until I had my own <laughs> space. I mean, I have my my room, which is like my cocoon, but to have the whole apartment and just be able to just like walk naked around the apartment fully with no curtains, but I really don't give a fuck. And to just like, to just be able to do whatever, like I won't be able to do that. Or maybe I will, who knows? But I have some really amazing black queer people that I'm about to be um, going through life with. So this is about to be really fucking dope. I'm really excited. And that is all of the headlines. They hear me. Oh, um, y'all need to be wearing masks, period. You know, this is another thing. All the people I be seeing talking about not wanting to wear a mask be white people. Dead motherfucking ass, right? And the thing about it is, some most of y'all have paperclip lips, like dead ass. Like, but my 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 trouble is like being like having a mask that doesn't like rub up against my lips because I do keep the lip gloss popping. But people out here talking about some, I don't like to wear mask. Like, like wear a mask, please. Like, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how in Japan, um even before quarantine, like whenever people are sick or whenever, you know, like, oh, I don't know, I think it might be allergies today. Like they would just wear a mask. Like that's so normal. And like this woman was like, well, I'm gonna vote for Trump because I just feel like what's like what's happening in a place like New York City doesn't need to be mandated in a place like Iowa. And I'm like, bitch, if you get sick anywhere, you can still pass it on to anyone. Like, like, it's just these people, people in general, just, like, want to have control of something in this weird apocalyptic time. And this, this ain't it, boo. This ain't it. Get you a game. Get you a video game. Get you a hobby. Get something you can get control. Get, get you something you can get a real grip on. Because not wearing a mask ain't it. You look dumb. You look stupid. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> All right, y'all. So this week, I got another record of the week, and it's going to be A Moment by Riley. Now, the artist formerly known as Amber Riley goes by Riley now, and she is out here doing the damn thing. Let me tell you, I've been working with Amber since I was first let out of the Christian gates and and into the secular world and I ventured to to glee and I was like who is this beautiful bold voluptuous yummy chocolate woman and with this dope voice and and that's when I fell in love with Amber and I've I've kept up with her journey and look we all been out here like We've been struggling, Amber. Like, we need to hear your voice. Because her voice is so beautiful. Like, y'all, I'm about to play it for y'all. Get you a glass of lemonade. Put down your social media, your phone, and listen to this. Because this, oh, so good. I um, I remember listening to her um, all throughout Glee. Um, her and Santana, her and Naya Rivera, rest in power. Their voices together were so good. Them on um, River Deep, Mountain High. Ooh, 
girl. Amber Riley, and I'm telling you, um, Colorblind, a really good song, which every, every time I hear the chords, like instant waterworks. <laughs> um, and even like when she went over to the West End and did um, Effie and Dreamgirls, like so beautiful and so classy and I love her voice oh my goodness it's unique it's timeless and I'm so we're we are so blessed to 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 have independent music from her um so this week we got O'Reilly with a moment I was just speaking to you in pieces, just scattered all against my room. I don't even know where I was going with that. I just, <laughs> look, I just, uh, when music just makes you feel and you don't know how to speak, yo, like she, uh, Riley just does it to me, y'all. Stream, stream that shit. <laughs> yo, I thank y'all for listening. I check the analytics um, quite frequently and I love y'all. My listeners, I fuck with y'all. Y'all are awesome. Y'all keep me going. Let me tell you, making this podcast is really good for me. Um, It's very important for the world to have more Black queer voices. And, you know, I've been so blessed and so fortunate to be where I am and to have what I have. And so I'm... I have to keep reminding myself of that so that way I can continue to put so much love and effort and of myself out into the world. And I want to leave you all with this quote because, you know, I, I, I saw this quote when I was younger um, in a movie and I never really, I never really, you know, it's just something you watch. You're like, oh, that's deep. Oh, that's cool. It's part of a movie, whatever. But, you know, it comes back around and you're like, oof, that hit different. Um, and the particular movie I'm talking about is Aquila and the Bee. Um, and there's this really beautiful quote that really, really like reaches into my heart and pushes through all the BS and all my fear and shit and says, this is who you are. And it's by Marianne Williamson. 
And it is our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Ooh, my palms are sweaty. <laughs> Yo. I, and, and you know what really, you know what really gets me? It's the, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? And then what really, like, really gets me is there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Because that's all I did my whole life. And it's kind of what I'm doing now. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I love this quote so much because in the very end, she's like, by you letting your light shine, you unconsciously give other people the permission to allow, to let their light shine. And, and, and I, I saw this the other day, I can't remember where I heard it, um, but someone was like, you are the best part of someone's day. And I, ne and I never like, I never thought about that because for me in my, my own little bubble, I always, I always kind of think that like, no one really cares like what I have to say or like, or whatever, you know? And so I don't ever like put myself out there, but you know, I, whenever I do, I hear positive feedback and I think about like, wow, like, I allowed someone else to feel seen or I allowed someone else to be like, yes, bitch, or like have a laugh or whatever, you know? And that's at the end of the day, all I want to do is like make people happy and entertain people. And, you know, I'm going to lean more into that. And, and that is what I wanted to leave you with. Um, yes. Yeah, so go out there, let your light shine with a mask on <laughs> and y'all be safe. Um, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Roaring Twenties. If you like what you hear, y'all please leave me a review. Let me know what y'all think. We also have, um, I'm saying we like this a podcast fully isn't just me. <laughs> I also have social media for the show now. Um, Let's be friends on social media at Roaring Twenties Pod. I want to hear from y'all. Leave me a review and let's get to know each other. Let's be friends. I want to know who's listening. I want to, 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 I want I want to see who's out there. All right. So y'all keep it breezy. I love y'all and I'll catch y'all in the next one. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.
Roaring Twenties is a podcast that is recorded, edited, and mixed by yours truly. The music at the beginning and end of every episode is created by Elijah Lyons, and the cover art was created by Chris McLean. <laughs>